I want to ask you to check out the No More Wasted Days podcast. It's all about alcohol-free life, and there's something for everyone, no matter where you are on your alcohol-free journey. Welcome to Living My Breastless Life podcast. I'm your host, HPG. On season three of the podcast, we're diving in to the helping profession. I have found that almost always there's a catalytic event that leads people to help others. You'll hear a variety of folks share what they do, why they do it, and the unique ways that they help. This season will mostly be guest interviews with some fascinating people and a few surprises for y'all along the way. So let's go. Go. On today's episode, I had the pleasure of chatting with Dr. Quinn. Dr. Quinn is a psychologist and a service-based business coach who helps women who own businesses balance their work, mental, and physical health. She encourages folks to listen to their body's whispers, and I most certainly needed to hear this myself. I loved my chat with Dr. Quinn, and I think you will too. So Dr. Haley, tell us about what you do. So, well, currently I have a number of roles. I, um, I'm a business coach for women who run service-based businesses. I supervise allied health professionals. I do training um, in compassion-focused therapy and other sort of workshops around self-care and burnout and sustainable ways of working. And I'm a qualified clinical psychologist. So that's that. They're kind of my different hats in what I do in my work. Yeah, you wear a lot of hats. Tell us what led to you becoming a clinical psychologist. Is that what? So I guess a windy road, really. I became a clinical psychologist later in life. When I was younger, I had various jobs. I actually dropped out of school before our equivalent of O levels. I don't know what that would be in the US, but here in Australia, that's grade 10. I grew up in England, but I live in Australia. So I dropped out of school before finishing and never imagined that I'd go to university and certainly never imagined I'd end up with a PhD, that's for sure. So I did lots of different jobs in admin, secretarial work, bookkeeping, um, more in the corporate space. And then when I came over to Australia, I started in a counselling role back in 1996 and then kind of went on to study after I had my son. So I was a single parent for many years and during that time decided that actually I wanted to retrain and do something else. So I applied to go to university I did my psychology with honours degree and then actually went on to do a PhD as well. And then the process over here is, you know, you do uh, supervised practice and a certain number of hours to get your clinical registration. So that's what I had been doing for quite a long time. And I think, 
you know, raising my son on my own. I was working a number of jobs whilst I was studying. And ultimately, whilst I felt like I was taking care of myself fairly well, I ended up quite burnt out and developed chronic illness. So I ended up having to change the way I was working and left a practice I was working at and started working for myself, which I enjoyed and I was doing clinical work and then did my supervision training and was really enjoying supervising other allied health professionals, other therapists. But over the time, I had really had to learn how to manage my business in a different way so that I could take care of my health. And that led me to what I'm doing more of now, which is coaching other women in business who are running service-based businesses, which um, I really, really enjoy and really am passionate about. That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your story and congratulations on all that you accomplished and congratulations on knowing that you needed to take care of yourself and implementing ways to do so. Do you still see folks from a clinical counseling perspective or have you moved more into working with women who are growing businesses, master life like myself, so to speak? So yeah, I have a very small clinical caseload and I don't take new clients at this point. And I have a supervision caseload as well, where I'm working with other allied health professionals and therapists on clinical supervision. But my main focus now is coaching with other business women. I have a group coaching program that I just recently ran and will be launching again in early in the new year. So I guess I'm still doing a little bit of, of all of it, but I'm, I'm not taking any new clinical clients at this point. So it sounds like you identified a need for helping women who were starting their own business, service-based business. So tell us a little bit about what you do in in that role as a business coach. Yeah, so uh, I'll just I'll just start with sort of what also led to that. Like 10 years ago, I think it was about 10 years ago, I as a therapist learned compassion focused therapy. And as a framework, that for me was really significant, both professionally and personally. And I had gone from being somebody who had quite a toxic self-critic and was very hard on myself to learning about compassion, really understanding my tricky mind, learning how my emotion regulation system works and being able to get to a place where my default now is is compassion to myself rather than self-criticism. Now, that's not to say I'm never self-critical because at the end of the day, I'm still as human as everybody else. But thankfully, it's it's far more about compassion. And what that allowed me to do as well was really understand that I had so much wisdom inside of me. And if I could just slow down and listen to it, I would actually be able to make more helpful decisions for myself. So that allowed me to design my business and my life in a way that has been very nourishing, has allowed me to stop and rest when I need to, has allowed me to design my business in a way that suits who I am as a person. And I guess that's the main focus of what I do with women when I'm working with them as a coach. So we'll look at businesses, we'll look at the business goals, but underlying all that is this premise of if we can bring more compassion, if we can change the relationship we have with both ourselves and our business, 
we can actually make much better choices in how our businesses will run. And my, my tagline for my business is thriving women create thriving businesses because I really do believe that we need to be thriving ourselves for the rest of the things in our life to be thriving, including our businesses. First thing I thought about was like, I'm on a quest for rest and I'm a breast cancer survivor, sober gal. I have a three-year-old starting my own business. But what I noticed when I quit drinking alcohol and after I got over my cancer battle, it was about a year long, I noticed that like I was tying my worth to productivity. Yeah. And I don't know if I was making up for lost time or if I was just, it was a trauma response. I'm not really sure. So... I think using that compassion is in your business and like kind of the anti-hustle culture, it sounds like that's what you're helping women Absolutely. do. And can I say congratulations to you for, for getting through your cancer journey as well. And I think your quest for rest is such a wise one. I think we do live in a, in a culture that promotes hustle, unfortunately. So to be able to kind of recognize that and step back and say, no, this is actually what I need is so, so important. But yeah, I'm, I'm certainly not about the hustle. It, it's about thriving for me. And I don't think we do that well if we are hustling all the time. I agree. I agree. I read a quote that I wrote when I was on radiation for cancer and it was productivity is the enemy to self-connection. And I rewrote that, I reread that this summer, and I was like, "Hmm, I needed to to see that again." Deep wisdom, isn't it? It is. And you know, whilst I haven't had a life threatening illness, I, I've had a life limiting illness, and I think in those situations, it it gives space to slow down. We might not necessarily welcome in that at the time, but it gives space to slow down, doesn't it? It gives you time to be reflective about what's important in life as well. And I'm, I'm sure certainly facing a cancer diagnosis, that would absolutely have you putting things in perspective. Definitely. I think that I had this phrase that I used when I was thinking about my former nine to five and just the things that I used to do, hustle to no end, and I couldn't make those things make sense anymore after. And kind of like with the chronic illness is something that I've been dealing with side effects and, you know, a questionable diagnosis for a chronic illness. If you don't slow down, your body will do it for you. Absolutely. I um, I certainly uh, can attest to that. I would I would hear the signs I would hear the whispers and then my body just started shouting at me. It's like, enough is enough. If you're not going to listen, then I'm going to put you on your back and you'll have no choice but to listen. Which at the time was, yeah, which at the time was really challenging. And, you know, I, I left a group practice that I really enjoyed working at and had colleagues around me. And, you know, it was a very challenging time, but on reflection, it was actually a really helpful time for me and completely changed the trajectory of how I choose to live my life. Our body will whisper it to us. Then it gets louder and louder. It's kind of like that inner critic gets noisy. So how are some ways that you kind of show compassion and care for yourself that allows you to still see some clients and 
work with women who are building their business? Well, I guess a, a lot of it for me comes down to really tuning in to myself, listening to the wisdom that I have within me and getting clear on my values. So really understanding what is actually important and meaningful for me. I think we have so much noise, so much information out in the world, and it's very easy to get caught up in what we think we should be doing or watching somebody else and go, oh, well, that's how they're doing it. That's probably how you should do it. And I always come back to, well, actually, maybe that doesn't work for me. So I, and I absolutely acknowledge my privilege in this. I'm in a position where I can choose the hours that I work. I work for myself. So I have made choices about what my day looks like in terms of how many clients I would see in a day, how many days I would do that for, what times of day that works best. An example is just recently, I I used to start my one-on-one clients at nine o'clock in the morning and I started to notice that my nervous system was feeling quite heightened in the morning because I felt like I was rushing. So I made the decision to start my one-on-one clients at 10.30 in the morning. Now I might still start working on other tasks in my business earlier, but I don't actually commit to seeing somebody face-to-face before 10.30. And that's just one of the things for me that's actually worked really well. So there's things like that, but really tuning into my values. What, what, am I, what am I wanting? What is meaningful for me? The other question I ask myself is, what does success look like to me? Not what everybody on social media is telling me what success looks like, but what does success look like to me? And I think that's an important one because on social media, it can be very much, you know, six, seven figure businesses and all this sort of thing. And I'm like, well, actually for me, it's around space and time and connection and doing things that bring me joy and doing things that feel meaningful and serving others. So I think the values piece is really important. And then just really allowing time to slow down and tune into your wisdom because we have so much of it. And if we listen, we we tend to have the answers in us. Yeah, we do. I thought about the Glinda the Good Witch from The Wizard of Oz. You had the power all along, my dear. And I think we do have a lot of wisdom, like you said, that lives within us. And if we listen to this six, seven figure business and it's only attached to financial success, but like I know when I meet with folks and work with folks, I look at it as like an energetic exchange. And that is meaningful to me, you know, and just like you said, the values and really just examining that and kind of reevaluating yearly or every six months because they change as we get older. Absolutely. I think that's a really important point you make. When we think about our values, we don't set and forget. These are things that we do want to come back to and revisit and look at, is this still serving me? Is this still still serving the way I want to work? Now, the other thing as well, when I say about the sort of six and seven figure businesses, this isn't to say that you shouldn't aim for that. If people want to have great incomes from their business, then all power to you. And I think that, you know, if that's something that's important to you, go for it. And when we do earn more money in our businesses, we often can then also have more impact in the world. So I'm not discounting that, but I think it's this thing of it can't just be about that. Well, I mean, it can if that's what you want it to be. For me, it can't just be about that. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think, like you said, like 
financial resources allow us to help other people. And that's a good way to frame it. You know, as a social worker, I never made a ton of money. I just want a nice little life, you know, that can provide for family and that I can help people. That's really all I've ever done. And that's really all I want to, that's what success looks like to me. Like the old adage, if we work ourselves out of a job, right? But I agree with you on this. Like if folks want to make six and seven, that's great. But you know, what is aligned with your values? And I think just figuring out what are your values is a really great start. And if it's to make hundreds and hundreds of thousand dollars a year, that's great. Go for it. And absolutely, because I think women, you know, historically, we've not been socialized to want to be successful or to make money. So I'm certainly not discounting that. I I think women absolutely have a place to start taking up space and have a voice and be successful and step into your power and earn the money and do it in a way that is meaningful for you. Do it in a way that aligns with the life you want to be living, not in the way we think we should do it because that's how other people have done it or that's how perhaps men are doing it. I think it really is about tuning into ourselves so that it is meaningful for us because that way it becomes sustainable. Yes. And I think the long game is where you see the sustainability. You know, it's kind of how you maintain the steam in order to help people and not get so burnt out. Have you noticed a theme amongst the women that you've worked with? Anything that sticks out that is like a common thread that weaves us all together? Look, I think one of the things that I noticed early and shocked me, but didn't shock me, I guess, because of the way we've been socialized, is even women owning that they are business owners, not being able to actually say, I own a business. They say, oh yeah, but I just run a little practice. It's like, but you're a business owner. It's almost something in that that was all, uh, was a barrier as well, that people just couldn't step into the fact that they actually owned businesses, which I think is quite profound. Because if we can't acknowledge that actually we're business owners, then we're not going to, to run what we're doing like a business. Yeah, that's a really interesting theme. I can see it. I think socialized, we're taught to play small. You know, it's just a little business and like there's such empowerment in saying like, I'm a business owner, like, and just owning that name. And I think it gives us the possibilities to create endless space and play big by our definition. So I think the other thing as well, when we're thinking about service-based business owners, is there can be a resistance to putting on the business hat because we are people that like to help people, yeah. And certainly within the sort of allied health and therapy and social work fields, but also I think extending that out to other service-based businesses, there can be a bit of a narrative around, but I should be doing this because I just because I want to help, not because I'm actually running a business. And I think that's tricky because if we don't take care of the business, it won't last. And then you can't be there to actually help people. Yeah, I agree. I really agree with what you say about that. When I started my life coach training, I struggled with, you know, naming the price of my service because 
number one, I have mostly worked with folks in a very low socioeconomic status, and it felt like such a privilege to put a dollar amount on it. And how I have combated that is volunteering a lot of my time to help other people become alcohol-free. And it kind of offset that for me. But at first, I was like, this is such a big privilege to be able to charge money for what I'm doing. But like you said, if you don't charge the money, then you can't help people. So thank you for, for sharing that. Yeah, you've got to sustain your life to be able to show up for other people, right? I think it's interesting you're saying you're you're living sober. I um I don't live completely sober, but mainly um we made a choice to really minimize alcohol use and occasionally we'll drink alcohol, but mainly drink non-alc versions of beer and things like that. And I'm interested if you, if you've noticed this as well, because the thing that I have noticed through that is the clarity of thinking. Even though I wasn't drinking a lot anyway, but even just reducing it, the clarity of thinking and how much easier it is to tune in to myself. Yeah, most definitely. I, I was not a great area drinker. I was what I like to call a dumpster fire toward the end. And I noticed everything got clear. My taste buds, my eye color, you know, far more in tune. It was like a brand new world of self-discovery. And I think that it's, you know, not only are you numbing out the bad in my case, but you're also numbing out the good, like your taste buds, for an example. So I think this tuning in, I think this slowing down and tuning into ourselves, whether it's around work, whether it's around whether if you want to drink alcohol or not, whether it's around what you're eating, whether it's around relationships you've got in your life, I think the more we can slow down and tune into that wisdom, we really can make more helpful decisions for ourselves. I agree, Dr. Haley. So tell folks where they can find you. Well, I'm on the the good old socials like lots of us. So I'm on Instagram and Facebook as Dr. Haley D. Quinn. I'm on LinkedIn. I keep meaning to up my game a little bit on LinkedIn. I, I forget it's there sometimes. So uh, I, I am in there, but I don't I don't go in there very often. I have a website, drhaleydquinn.com where people can go and visit. I've got some uh, downloadable little freebies on my website. People are welcome to go and check out. And um, yeah, that, that's a, I think that's all the places. Oh, I have my own, my own podcast. I forget things. <laughs> I have my own podcast as well. Welcome to Self with Dr. Haley D. Quinn, which is really focused on self-care, compassion, and building sustainable businesses. That's awesome. I'll make sure to link all of your information in the show notes so that people can find you and tune into your podcast. Can you tell the name of the podcast again, yeah, it's please? Welcome to Self with Dr. Haley D. Quinn. I've also got my um, my group that will be launching early in the new year. So I'll send you a link for the waiting list for that for your show notes. And if people want to jump onto that as well, they'd be uh, very welcome. That's wonderful. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of Living My Breathless Life. Head over to Instagram and follow According to HPG to stay connected to the show. Go get your mammograms.